0: Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Tiffany Kazarowski. We are in the middle of flu season, and joining me today is Dr. Kathy Monroe. She is a professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB, in the Department of Pediatrics, and is the medical director of the emergency department here at Children's of Alabama. So welcome, Dr. Monroe. Thank you, Tiffany. Glad to be here. Flu season generally speaking, October through February, right?
1: That is correct. Usually starts around October and peaks November, December, but can last all the way through February.
0: Okay. So how can the flu be dangerous? We've talked about a lot of times people get the flu, you know, Hundreds of people get the flu around this area. Uh, Sometimes schools even have to close because of it. But when does it get really dangerous for a person?
1: That's a great question. I know every year you see the stories on the news at night of the patients who end up in the intensive care unit or the patients who die. And there are some predictors of who those patients might be. So children who are young... Mm-hmm. Um, under five, but especially under two, and the elderly are definitely at higher risk from complications of the flu. Um, also, the patients who are not vaccinated definitely seem to have a higher incidence of complications. Okay. And there are certain patients who have underlying medical conditions. Um, for example, patients with asthma, seizures, um, underlying lung conditions. Sure. All of those patients have higher risk for complications. Typically, the complications include pneumonia, which can make someone very, very ill, mm-hmm. um, dehydration, which also puts them at high risk. And then there are rare cases of some overwhelming viral sepsis kind of picture where they just, they're overwhelmed by the flu itself. Okay. Again, these are rare in healthy, otherwise individuals. healthy individuals. Right. right.
0: Okay. If a person has a confirmed case of the flu, how long should they stay home?
1: Your flu can last anywhere from one to two weeks, but typically you should be at least 24 hours fever-free, Okay. and that is fever-free without the help of Tylenol or ibuprofen. Okay. So once you're fever-free for 24 hours with no meds, then you are safe to re-enter the world.
0: Okay. That's everyone
1: six months and older, everyone, should be vaccinated, uh, preferably early. Mm-hmm. takes about two weeks before the vaccine truly kicks in to be protective, but hopefully early but if you haven't gotten it yet definitely still in time frame even Mm -hmm. until the end of february it's still recommended get it but don't wait till then go ahead and do it now
0: okay and you said it takes a good two weeks for it to really kick in and settle into your body
1: right because the virus itself um, stimulates your own immune system Mm -hmm. and so it takes about around one to two weeks before it really has created the immunity that you need to protect you from the flu.
0: Okay. What about those people that say, uh, the last time I got my flu shot, I ended up having a low-grade fever. I didn't feel well. So I think I got, a quote unquote, got the flu.
1: Right. They did not get actually the flu, Mm -hmm. but they did probably get kind of an achiness and a fever. So many people take the flu shot and have no side effects at all. They feel great. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. those people are lucky and fortunate. It's wonderful. But anytime you get a vaccine of any kind, you are at risk for the next 48 hours of having a low-grade fever. And with that fever, we typically don't feel great. But it's sort of a sign that the flu shot worked because obviously your immune system is reacting to it in the way it should. But I do recommend often that if you're getting the flu shot, go ahead and take some Tylenol or some ibuprofen, Mm -hmm. drink lots of liquid and plan that day to maybe not wear yourself completely out, take it a little bit easier that day. Mm -hmm. It should be over in about 48 hours, as opposed to if you get the actual flu, you're out for up to two weeks if you're terrible.
0: Absolutely. And then we talked about with uh, young children. So the vaccine is not recommended until you're six months of age or older. What about those young babies, those newborns?
1: So the reason it's not recommended for them is their immune system is not fully functioning to the point of, making the flu shot effective in them. So Mm -hmm. we need to protect them in other ways. And one of those ways is everyone in the household get their flu shot so that we don't bring it home to the house where the baby is, but also limiting their exposure. And it's one of the things I typically recommend during flu season, try to avoid places where there's lots of people who are sick big crowds um, big crowds, mm-hmm. and you know of course the holidays are coming up and lots of family gathering it's really important that everyone gets their flu shot before you're around those wonderful babies who are under six months of age
0: right before you start passing the baby exactly. around to all the relatives to hold right yes okay okay very good what kinds of things do you guys see in the emergency department uh, when it comes to the flu
1: Okay, so that's a good question. And when to come and when not to come. So certainly those complications need to be at a doctor's office or in the emergency department for sure. And some of the signs that you're having one of the complications Mm -hmm. would be someone who's having difficulty breathing. And by that, I don't mean the stuffy nose. It's hard to breathe. It's annoying. I mean, the children who are working using their chest muscles when you look at them you can see their ribs when they're taking a breath yeah or they're having any kind of discoloration they're having like dusky spells or blue spells certainly those children need to be in the emergency department okay there are also those children with the flu who just feel bad and won't drink well and so we do Mm -hmm. see a lot of children who are mildly or moderately dehydrated from the flu and those are appropriate visits to come Sometimes we do have to give some IV fluids for mm-hmm. kids who are dehydrated. Okay. Most of the time, flu can and should be handled at home with Tylenol, ibuprofen, lots of rest, lots of liquids. Just It's the time to spoil your child. Just yeah. take care of them, hug them, sit around the right. couch with them. Um, for the most part, it's best to do that. Mm-hmm. If you have any question and you're not sure, almost everyone does have contact with a pediatrician and they can kind of talk it through and say, do I need to come in for this? And we can kind of judge, uh, certainly if your child's having difficulty breathing or you're concerned they haven't urinated in eight hours and you're worried they're dehydrated, come in to your doctor or to the emergency department.
0: And you mentioned giving your child acetaminophen or ibuprofen to get the fever down when they're at home, but we also have on our handy dandy flu tip sheet to never give a child aspirin. Why is, is that?
1: Yes, that's correct. Aspirin has been shown in the past to be directly linked to this rare illness called Rye syndrome. Rye syndrome is a very bad illness that ends up with liver failure and patients are really sick and can die from it and there was a direct link between a viral illness such as the flu and aspirin so we recommend never ever take the aspirin or never give your child aspirin during those illness and that includes products that contain aspirin uh, they so they have to be careful about that yeah right goody powders were an old example mm-hmm. on, that people had that contained aspirin but Even some of the cold medicines, cough, flu medicines, be sure to look and make sure there's no aspirin in them. If you have questions, ask the pharmacist before you buy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You don't want anything that has aspirin in it. Okay. And when it comes to fever, what's
0: too high, I should say?
1: So that's sort of a concern for a lot of parents. And technically, there is not a certain set temperature that is too high. Mm -hmm. There are those children who at 103, are still running around and they feel fine and they're <laughs> acting fine and they're eating and drinking. They're miracles. But okay. it's true. Uh-huh. Whereas an adult at 99, we're on right. the bed. Right. Um, but also there are those children at 100.7 that feel awful. So it really just depend okay. on the individual child. There are things called febrile seizures that every parent worries about. And even that, it's not a set degree. It's more each child's set Individual, is different. So you yeah, don't really threshold. know that. Mm-hmm. So what's more important is how's your child acting? If they appear miserable and they have a fever, whether it's small or high, you do want to treat it because it helps them feel better, but it also helps you to be able to better judge how ill they are and do we need to go to the hospital or do we are we okay at home? Right. So treat them with the Tylenol or the ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. And if they're still febrile or they're, they're still feeling kind of bad, you can do um, lukewarm baths. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do cold ones. It'll make them shiver, but certainly not too warm. You want to try to get the temperature down right. with sort of this cooler bath. Now, we do not recommend alcohol baths. Okay. Many, wi- you know, the old, old wives The old wives tales yeah. are, use the alcohol bath, and it will potentially bring the fever down. That's not untrue, but it can potentially be dangerous. Yeah. Because when you're febrile you can absorb a lot more of that alcohol and so it can actually get into the child system and can sometimes cause some dangerous low blood sugars. So we don't okay. want to do the alcohol baths anymore.
0: And some parents might be thinking out there, I thought the fever was actually your body telling you that it's work you know, the fever is working. Is your body working to prevent the or to fight the virus? So do we need to take acetaminophen and ibuprofen to get the fever down?
1: Again, I think it all depends on how your child is acting. Mm-hmm. Because that the fever is a sign that your body is doing its fight. But it's sort of a byproduct that tells us, hey, my body is working to get rid of this. It's not necessarily the fever is burning out the illness. Okay, that's a myth. I can see, well, it is a myth, and I can Mm -hmm. see where it comes from because, yes, it's a byproduct when your body's fighting it. But if your child is happy and playful, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. If they are not happy and playful and they're lethargic and they're clingy and they're whiny, then maybe they do need that temperature to come down. It won't stop the body from fighting the illness.
0: Okay, good. When should we contact just the doctor versus the emergency department? I think we addressed some of that.
1: We talked a little bit about it, but calling your pediatrician for any questions you have about it is acceptable. Um, If you are worried that your child's not eating well, maybe not to the point of we know they're dehydrated and need to go to the hospital, but they're just not feeding well, Mm -hmm. talking to them, if they're kind of miserable, you can talk to them about what you can give. Unfortunately, cough and cold medicines of any kind are not recommended for children under the age of six. So none of those are recommended. Some of them are actually dangerous. And okay. for the most part, they don't work anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but if your child's older than that, you can certainly talk to the doctor about what you might can do to try to help them feel better.
0: Right. And certainly some people want to go to an antibiotic for everything. With a virus, doesn't, doesn't work. work. Right. <laughs>
1: now, occasionally there are those children who have a viral illness, such as the flu, who with the complications like sometimes an ear infection or mm-hmm. pneumonia, you would need an antibiotic because that's a bacteria that has taken advantage of your low immune system gotcha. that you have because of the flu. Mm-hmm. But with the flu itself, if that is all you have, antibiotics will not help. And potentially, would give you diarrhea and some other things you don't want to add on top of the flu already. So, they are not indicated.
0: Okay. And there are some other treatments of the flu that may or may not be indicated? What do you guys do in the emergency department?
1: So typically, there are many different viruses that can cause a flu-like illness. The Mm -hmm. same symptoms of aching and fever and cough and cold and vomiting, diarrhea. It's not always influenza. So those other viruses, there are no treatments for except rest, fluids, Tylenol, ibuprofen. Right. Influenza, if you are positive for influenza, then there is a treatment, there's a medicine called Asaltamavir, although most people know it as Tamiflu, and that medicine can be indicated at times. Mm -hmm. Typically in the emergency department, we sit down with the parents, and as a team, the parents and the physician, we kind of decide when to prescribe that and when not to. It has been shown to decrease the length of illness by about a day, a day and a half, and some of that depends on your age and who you are. It's different. But it also, in some of the younger children, can cause hallucinations and vomiting. So you do have to weigh it based on age, based on a lot of different things talk to your doctor about it and have a conversation as a parent you need to know both risk and benefits and help make that decision of when to take it and when not to
0: okay and when to weigh those and it's also pretty expensive too from what i have
1: experienced yes i have heard that too yes (laughs) okay
0: so one thing i wanted to go back to when we were talking about the vaccine or yes the vaccine is flu mist versus flu shot
1: Right. so there, there one that's more effective? Or? Well, so there is a mist that is sprayable mm-hmm. into the nose, and many parents like that better because it's, it's not a needle involved. There are some differences in it, and you know it all depends on the year mm-hmm. and what the flu vaccine has in it and the age of your child. So it's truly best, if you're interested in that, to talk to your doctor, say, hey, what about the mist? And mm-hmm. then they can go over if your child qualifies for that versus the shot and you can make a decision based on the year and the age and the time.
0: Okay, okay. One other thing I wanted to address about this time of year toward the end of the year, every flu season, um, the CDC will come out and say that the flu vaccine that they have put out on the market this year is X percent effective, and then you may have people who say, well, I don't need to go get the flu vaccine because it's only X percent effective. What do you say to that?
1: So I think that's a very confusing statement. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting because for an individual person, Mm -hmm. it is either a 100 percent effective or somewhat less. So you may be one of the people who, even though it's 40 percent effective, you may get full benefit. Okay. But there's also benefit in preventing you from ever getting the flu, which Mm -hmm. is one thing. And then there's the benefit in helping you not get the complications of the flu. Ah. So you may get the flu, but you are protected against the pneumonia and the dehydration and the severe form of it. We have seen in the past that some of the sickest patients that we see, the patients who get the complications, were the patients who had never had a vaccine at all. So.
0: The vaccine is obviously the best way to prevent it, is. and then also your hand washing, good hygiene.
1: Yes, all those things. Getting yeah. plenty of rest at this time of year is mm-hmm. really hard. Life is very busy right yes. now, but rest does help your immune system to fight off infections. Hand washing, avoiding places where known flu is, mm-hmm. uh, and you mentioned the schools closing. Sometimes that's yeah. why they do it because there's so many people with the flu that taking a break is a mm-hmm. good idea to protect those who haven't had it. So in
0: summary during this flu season, give us your best tips.
1: All right, best tips are prevention first right. and we just covered that, but if you you or your child have flu-like illness, first tip is avoid others, let's don't spread it, but also let's let your child get rest, fluids, Tylenol, ibuprofen if you need it. If you have concerns that There might be getting a little toward the dehydrated side, or Mm -hmm. maybe there's a little more work of breathing than you're comfortable with. Call your doctor early, especially if your child has any of the underlying medical conditions. Call early. Mm -hmm. See them. They can help you kind of judge. If it's in the middle of the night, or you're really concerned about working of breathing, or you know that it's been more than eight hours since there's been any urine output, and you're really worried, please come. We are here 24-7. Emergency departments are available.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Monroe, for visiting with us today. If you would like any more information about the flu or our flu tip sheet, you can go to childrensal.org forward slash ed to download and print our flu tip sheet, or you can check out our cold and flu resources on the children's website. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash